right, guys, welcome to another edition of Books, Business, and Branding for Authors. I am your host, Ashley King. I have a wonderful guest here that I'm going to introduce to you all today. But first, I just want to apologize. It is, you know, the holiday season. We're coming into the flu. So just in case I start coughing, I just want to let you know, I didn't want to miss this interview because this author is phenomenal, right? So today we're going to meet author, publicist, and publisher, Cheryl Bass, and discuss her book, Baby Dragon's Big Sneeze. Now, Cheryl, I know a little bit about you um, as you hold a master's degree in social work and journalism, if you've studied child development, and you are a fur mom like me, but if you could please introduce um, yourself, your background to my audience, as well as what Baby Dragon Big Sneeze is all about. Okay, great. Well, um, thank you for having me. And like you mentioned, um, I do have a master's degree in social work and studied child development in that and um, also use those insights to inform my picture book writing. So I have some other picture books that are um, forthcoming. Um, and uh, I also have a master's degree in journalism. And um, I have two short stories that have also been published in anthologies. One of them is um, in Lost Souls Bound, Inspiring Stories About Chihuahuas. Um, and another short story is in Second Chance Dogs, True Stories of the Dogs We Rescue and the Dogs Who Rescue Us. And both of those are available on Amazon. And um, the, my short story is called Working Like a Dog, which is about my experience with my fur baby who um, has since passed. But she starred as Toto in Boulder Dinner Theater's production of Wizard of Oz. So it was about that experience being a stage mom to a dog. Um, so that was fun. And I'm a member of um, the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators and of Children's Book Insider. This book, um, Baby Dragon's Big Sneeze, is about a dragon, a baby dragon, who gets a cold like you have right now <laughs> and accidentally burns down a village with his oh, sneeze. <laughs> and, um, and the town is ready to attack him until a brave little girl decides this doesn't make sense to her why the dragon would suddenly burn down their houses if they've been getting along well all this time. Um, and so she decides to go to his cave and ask him why he burned down the villages. And by asking him and being curious instead of making assumptions about someone else, um, she actually saves the dragon, saves the town, and becomes uh, basically the hero of our story. Awesome. So your book is for children ages three to seven. Um, did you find that like social emotional learning is something that that's not widely discussed in schools or the teaching is lack amongst the parents? Like what made you write this book about like social emotional learning? Well, the message of the book, basically, it has a lot of themes of um, reciprocity and teamwork and sharing, taking accountability, apologizing when you do something wrong, all of those types of pro-social skills that employers basically look at. They call soft skills when we get older. And um, kids often do learn that um, in the school system, um, but, uh, and, and there is more of a movement calling that out as social emotional learning and teaching that to kids. A lot of kids have become behind in that though, unfortunately, over the last few years with COVID, they've been away from the school um, at, in environment where there is that give and take Mm -hmm. So um, having a story like this, I'm hoping will help bring back some of those lessons. Definitely. Um, now, with writing this book, because your first two books were with them about your fur, your fur baby. 
did you find it challenging, if any, when um when writing this book or publishing this book? Yes. Well, the others were short stories in an anthology. So I I had written one personal essay in in a so the other stories were by other authors. Um, and I do write a lot of personal essays. Um, this the challenge with this was um the rhyme, but I love writing in rhyme. Um there are a lot of advantages to rhyme, and unfortunately, rhyme seems to have gone out of fashion in the publishing world. So when I tried to get this book published, initially, traditionally published, I had several uh, literary agents and um, and publishing houses come back to me and say, we don't like rhyme, rhyme really isn't popular right now. And I think that's unfortunate because there are a lot of advantages to rhyme developmentally for children. Mm -hmm. For example, um, it helps with language acquisition. Um, it helps increase vocabulary. It helps reluctant readers become more into the story. Um, it also helps children develop a sense of rhythm and help um, anticipate what the next word is going to be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's why things like nursery rhymes are so um, hugely you know, talked about and taught to children of these ages. Yeah, I found that um, kind of fascinating. Um, I have a 14-month-year-old, so when we try to have a routine, and part of that is reading books, and I greatly appreciate the nursery rhymes and books that rhyme because it has a rhythm, so I, I definitely agree. And you kind of touched about it um, or touched on it. You are the founder of Be Kind Publishing, and as I saw, it's an independent micro-publisher of children's book. Um, in your opinion, you know, what are the pros and cons of self-publishing um, versus traditional publishing? Okay. Well, some of the disadvantages with traditional publishing are that, um, first of all, it's a much smaller uh, royalty that you would get from a traditional publishing house, maybe 10 to 12% <laughs> versus if you self-publish, it can be 50% or more, depending on um, if you sell the items yourself at a fair or a book signing or and so on. Um, also, there is much more creative control with self-publishing. For example, um, I worked with a woman named um, April Cox. She has a, a company called Self-Publishing Made Simple. So self-publishing is a little bit of a misnomer. You think that you're all out there on your own, but you're not. There are people and organizations to help you, like this, this woman, April Cox, did for me. And um, she has brokers that she works with, different vendors. So she had perhaps 12 or so uh, illustrators that she worked with that she knew were reliable, responded well. And she sent me to their websites. I looked at their work. I found my top three or four that I liked the best. I asked each of them to draw one scene out of my book. Uh, I paid them each $50, had them draw the same scene and then picked which one I liked the best. And um, so I was able to really have the dragon in my story look exactly how I imagined him in my head um, and what the people are wearing in the town, what the girl looks like. There's no way that if I traditionally published that I would be able to do that. The, the publishing house would have picked the illustrator for me and the illustrations might have looked completely different than what I imagined. Plus to traditionally publish a book, it can take two to two or more years mm -hmm. for the for the for them to say we like your story before it actually comes out in print, where it can be a much faster process if you self-publish. So um it's a bigger spend initially. You do have to uh you know 
pay for all of those, pay the illustrator, which is the biggest chunk for um, a children's book and, and some of these other uh, vendors. Um, but uh, I, I prefer the self-publishing route, actually. I'm a big proponent of that. That's one of the things I teach as far as self-publishing and different routes <clears throat> and avenues that you can do within self-publishing and that you are not alone. And I love how you said you actually shopped around and compared that same image yes. to the different, um, I guess, vendors or illustrators. That is an, a great example of, you know, taking control of what you want. Because as you said, tr traditional publishers, once you sign that contract, um, you lose control over mm -hmm. everything, over your say. And so it's just like, hey, well, this is what we had in mind. And like you said, if you did sign a contract, they didn't like rhyme. So they wouldn't have, they would have just changed everything. So even though self-publishing, you have more control, you're not out there by yourself. And um, I'm glad you were able to find the help that you needed. Um, the illustrations are beautiful. Um, and like later on, we're going to have, you know, read a, a snippet, your favorite part of the book. So I'm glad to hear that. So just switching gears just a little bit. Um, you are a publicist as well. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to self-publishing, what would you say is the number one thing that you see that um, authors lack when it comes to like gaining exposure or marketing their books? I think mostly people are afraid to do it. People, um, and I found that actually even in myself, and I have been um, a, a media relations, um, public relations professional for more than 15 years. And it's very easy for me to pick up the phone and talk to a reporter about some other great author. But um, I think we get these messages in our society about bragging about yourself and, and calling bookstores yourself about yourself and saying, you know, I would like to do a book signing. You know, what is your availability? I'm happy to do this. Um, and calling reporters and, and making a press release, sending it out and promoting yourself. Um, just forcing yourself to get over that fear and just do it is is the biggest thing. And, and it does become, especially in the few months after or a couple months before and then a few months after the book is published, really, that's the critical time to really promote yourself and spend a little bit every day, a little bit of time every day, you know, calling bookstores, calling reporters, um, you know, doing um, trying for con contests. Um, you know, applying to be in a contest. And then if you get some kind of an award, you can put that on your website. That also helps to leverage um, your credibility and, and more people will want to buy your book if you've received an award, things like that. Spend that time, um, particularly in the few months before and after your book is published to really uh, get out there and, and promote it. Yeah. Authors have to realize that, you know, once they publish that book, they are like a brand. It's a business. Your book is your product. It needs some kind of marketing. And so if you're not, you know, a marketing type of person, I guess you can reach out to Cheryl um, <laughs> to um, get your book, you know, public, oh, excuse me, for her to um, add that publicity to your book, to get it out there. I saw your um, marketing kit. It was phenomenal. Um, oh, I loved it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely um, you have to realize as an author that you are a brand and it's expected of you. Um, that little saying, like if you build it, they will come. If you write it, they will not come. You have mm -hmm. to market your book no matter how 
wonderful or amazing it is, you need to market your book. So, um, Cheryl, I'm, I am going to ask, you know, where can people purchase your book? But before we do that, do you mind sharing some, you know, some images and reading a snippet of your book um, to the audience? I'd love to. So this is the cover, Baby Dragon's Big Sneeze. Okay. And um, Ramesh Ram is the uh, illustrator with Pryan Animation. Okay. I will tell you a story from legends of old of a huge baby dragon who caught a bad cold. He had soared through the villages just as he pleased until one autumn day he regrettably sneezed. And here's beautiful the book. And here's him happily <laughs> flying over the village. Okay. Fire burst from his mouth and it burned every shack. So the townspeople planned a great dragon attack. So here he is. Oh, wow. Sneezing, and here's the people ready to attack him and running and pouring water on the on the burning houses. When he saw what he did, the young dragon got scared and wrote an apology note that declared, for weeks I've been flying around having fun. I never intended to hurt anyone, but I caught a bad cold and then suddenly sneezed. Yes, I burned all your houses and now you're displeased. Hmm. So here he is writing an apology note. Oh. And here he is feeling regretful and bad about it. I'll just read a couple, two more pages. If someone could help me to finally mend, I'd love to assist you and be your new friend. He was planning to leave them the note overnight before any people could find him and fight. Okay, so then the little girl comes and I'm not gonna tell you the ending. Right. <laughs> well, I told you basically what happens, but uh, you'll have to see how it unfolds. Yes, I want to say that those illustrations are beautiful. Like I love to see, I guess the second page when you um flipped and like the fire was coming out. Mm -hmm. Those were beautiful illustrations. And I can already tell about the social emotional learning as far as when he was writing an apology note. Yes. And I think that's good that, you know, our kids are exposed to, you know, saying, I I'm sorry, you know, I didn't necessarily mean um, to do that and you know mm -hmm. being able to sympathize and relate to other people because it's one thing when you know being able to see from other people's perspective yes because had not the drag you know wrote the letter or how it unfolds you know the, the village people only have this one perception of he's just ready to attack us but you yes. know hearing his perspective knowing that things aren't always how it seems I think that yeah. is a great lesson for kids um, these days and like you said earlier with you know COVID and being out of school for like yeah. two and I think even some of um, schools are going back out of like online only mm -hmm. um, learn those social emotional skills um, is is very critical today mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> so Cheryl if you can please share with how you know our audience can um, purchase your book learn about more of you and what's um, happening Okay. Well, I have a website. It's called um, Be Kind Publishing and it's spelled B-E hyphen kindpublishing.com. And people can go to that site. They can purchase from that site, but they can also um, download free coloring pages. 
so download them and print them out for their kids to color um, from the images from the book. Um, and uh, so they can do that. And then I have other books that are on the horizon and they can see what's coming next through Be Kind Publishing. And um, it's available right now on Amazon in paperback, ebook, and hardcover. And um, they can also get it if some people, for whatever reason, may have an issue with Amazon. And if that's the case, they can also get it through Barnes & Noble website. And it'll soon be available. I don't think it is quite yet, but it'll soon be available through um, Target and Walmart websites as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'll make sure to put the link down below this video so people can um, purchase the book directly from watching this video. But Cheryl, I want to thank you so much for being on the Books, Business and Branding podcast. Um, were you. there any final notes that you have or anything you wanted to say before we um, end our meeting today? Um, well, the only thing I can think of is that the holiday season is fast approaching and it makes a great stocking stuffer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for that. And I hope you um, have a fabulous um, holiday season um, and enjoy your time with um, your loved ones. Thank you. You too. And thank you for having me. No problem. You enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Take care.